Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, Big Three community? How you guys doing? It's the Fourth Man Podcast here. I'm your host, Anthony Sigismond, alongside Will from Big Three News, as always. And we are heading into championship week, Will. Um, first, how you doing, man? And also, congrats on 5,000 followers on Twitter. I know it's a long road ahead. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, the party's this weekend if you want to come through. I'm um, <laughs> just getting a couple of people together. Nothing crazy. Um, come as you are. But, yeah, it is. A pretty special occasion to reach 5,000. I'm super happy. I would say so. Uh, um, shout out to all 5,005 of you guys. Um, so hopefully, I hopefully you guys are following me. You're following Anthony. You're listening to the podcast. So that's great. Um, and I think, uh, thank you to Anthony for always having me on, get me to expose myself a little bit, you know. I oh, think nope. you're definitely a big part of that. Well, I am just glad that you can make it on every week. You know, I, I know you've been really diehard covering this league and pouring your summer into covering and commentating on what's going on with the big three from season one to now. So very well deserved. And hopefully as we think this league will be sustainable, you'll be doing this for a longer time and continue to expand that, that number of followers. So everyone can get your uh, commentary on there. Absolutely. So we got a pretty exciting show today because we're going to be previewing the championship just a little bit. We'll also recap the first round of the playoffs that went on. And then kind of dissect some of the awards that were won by some obvious winners, maybe some not so obvious winners. But we are recording this on Wednesday, August 28th, where some news dropped about Joe Johnson, the new MVP of the 2019 season. He is actually getting some NBA looks from five teams. Those teams being the 76ers, Clippers, Bucks, Nuggets. And actually, that's just four. So I thought and it was actually Pelicans. five. Oh, Pelicans. Okay, so it was five. And we yep. saw that Alvin Gentry and David Griffith, two members of the Pelicans front office, were at the game where Joe Johnson played in his first-round matchup against Three-Headed Monsters. Will, we talked about this a little while ago about making the case for Melo and why this could pan out, especially if Joe Johnson gets on an NBA roster. And now we're kind of seeing those first steps of his journey back to the NBA happening right here absolutely i mean you and i said uh we think that the easiest way for Melo to get uh considerate or considerable looks from nba teams is to just go out and absolutely dominate the big three like we all know that he would uh i think exactly exactly prime example of that that's exactly what joe johnson did this summer and now he's got five nba teams calling him uh so chances are that he will hopefully get serious considerations from at least one of those teams and then who knows he might find himself playing 10, 12 minutes a night on, you know, a championship contender. All of these teams are championship contenders, except for maybe the Pelicans, who are, worst case scenario, a young, fun team to watch. Yeah, and I think the Pelicans, they've done a good job at having youth and kind of that rebuilding stage. And they've added a few vets like uh, J.J. Reddick. Adding a guy like Joe Johnson could fit into that. However, that being said, there are, like you said, four other teams that are probably going to compete for a championship this year. And so just for the fact that Joe Johnson's not just getting looked at by teams that might not compete this year, but teams that could be looking to use his services for later down the road when games really, really matter, uh, that's really cool. And I'm just happy. And I honestly don't think Joe's going to be the first one, but I'm kind of glad that, you know, he's kind of that catalyst to get this going for more than just one big three player a year advancing over to the NBA after a good season in the big three. So, Congrats to Joe Johnson, our MVP, newcomer of the year, and also headed to the championship game to play. Um, is it sad that I'm I'm kind of I'm okay? Don't get me wrong, I'm really excited for the championship game, but I'm really looking forward to seeing who might want to join this league next year, especially as news like this continues to follow up as the big three season ends and heads into the off season. Is that is that bad that I'm more excited, never, kind of excited, excited for the offseason? It's never too early to start uh, adding NBA players, asking them what they're doing next summer. It's never too early. 
Yeah. I think of guys, you know, like Jamal Crawford, who aren't yep. on a team yet. I think he'd be a really fun one. Um, Joe Kim Noah, who I was kind of listening to some of his stats at the end of last season when he was playing with Memphis. He was He's not dropping bad. some decent double-doubles there. Um, yep. You know, I know the Lakers have been a team that have been looking at him, or I've reportedly heard that they've been looking at him. But, you know, if he didn't sign on, he could be an interesting uh, target. I even heard someone like Michael Beasley. I know he got signed by the Pistons, but... You know, maybe in a couple of years when Michael Beasley's career ends, he could be an interesting one. So I actually heard that on one of the Unwrapped podcasts, the NBA Unwrapped podcast, which, you know, we're a partner network with uh, the Unwrapped Sports Network there. So kudos to them. When they were talking to Oliver, they mentioned that. And I, I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to the championship game. I obviously want to see one of triplets or killer threes win, but I am excited to see who's going to join season four as this thing continues to get bigger and bigger. I that agree. being said, yeah, that being said, let's get into some of those other award winners. We obviously knew Joe Johnson was going to be the MVP of the league after triplets went seven and one. He had the most points of the season average, uh, setting a single season record of 175 points and also averaging almost 22 a game. Also set the record for assist and, I just think this was an easy choice. Arguably the the best season that we've ever seen from any big three player. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that I think in the big three, obviously this is only the third season, but we've sort of yet to see a uh, an individual dominant performance translate into uh, sustainable wins in this league. Uh, we've kind of always stressed, especially in the beginning of the season, that, oh, this is a team sport, this is a team sport. You need depth, you need depth. Joe Johnson is basically a cheat code. I mean, he is he is the <laughs> outlier in all of this. And well, look I, at I, I was going to just say, look at last is, year. Yeah, yeah. Look right. at last year when Ricky Davis had the most points. I, I think you were getting into that, but yeah, 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 Ricky yeah. Davis had the most points last year on a one and seven Ghostballers team. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, he's been able to translate those points into wins and potentially a championship. It's incredible. Yeah, and, and I think just the absolutely unfair thing is even if Joe Johnson didn't have the greatest season in victory history, right? Let's say, like, even if he didn't have that, Triplets is still probably in the championship game. Yeah, no doubt. Because they have Allen Anderson, Al Jefferson. Uh, even if they make that trade for Jamario Moon, let's just say that they still do. That's still one hell of a team. Yeah, it really is. A lot of experience. And now something to think about. Obviously, we're excited to see Joe play in the championship game, but you have to think now that Joe's probably going to be replaced as a captain. I don't know if he'll be someone who's a co-captain on that team because um, I think Al Jefferson could potentially get looks. I don't know if his game necessarily translates to the NBA today, but he's played decently well. If someone's looking for a big, maybe they go after him. So now we, we have to kind of think, like, as guys make that transition to the big three, we could start seeing some more and more captains being replaced potentially on like a yearly basis, which would be kind of crazy, but also really exciting. Yeah, I mean, exciting in one way. I feel like you do kind of want sustainability. You know, yeah. I, I think that it's important, especially when you're building the league, that you do have familiar faces every year. Like, I understand these guys. Some of them are getting older up there, so I'm not expecting them to have uh, eight or ten year uh, big three careers. But I think to definitely at least – be a captain for at least uh, three to five years on the same team, or at least in the big three to be a captain, I think is really important, especially like in the infant stages of the big three that we're still in. Um, sure. But no, I mean, I'll, I'll never stop or I'll never be upset at Joe Johnson or anybody else for going to the NBA. You know, I mean, I think it's going to suck next summer if, if he's not able to play uh, just because I think he's so much fun to watch. And I think that he will. Yeah invite more talent to come challenge him and like i couldn't even imagine the hype that would be around a joe johnson versus carmelo anthony 3v3 game you know um yeah but i would also much rather probably see him do well in the nba and sort of prove to everybody on on a national and on a global scale that the big three has quality basketball players i think it's still a stigma that once you i think a stigma that the big three has done a very good job in fighting against but you still see it especially the more the bleach report and espn reports on it you still see stuff in the comment sections like oh it's the big three it's big three who cares you know what i mean but yeah i know joe johnson were to go out there and do quality minutes especially on a championship contender i think that would go a long way 
Yeah, no doubt, and I agree. And maybe Joe Johnson just has to be that guinea pig to start off. You know, you see guys now, too, when we saw Nate Robinson mention this in a press conference, that he's here to stay for the big three. I'm sure he's not the only one that feels that way. Uh, so maybe there's a guy like Joe Johnson who is playing really well coming out of the NBA, and maybe he just likes playing in the big three better. That could happen. I mean, when I talked to Jermaine Taylor earlier this year, that's something he was focused on primarily. So maybe it just it, it will get to that point. Maybe it comes to the point where, you know, they sign a contract and it's maybe for a two-year deal, three-year deal. You have to play your minutes or, you know, there could be some out clause in it. But maybe it's just like you have to play through a couple of years and then you can move on to another league, you know, just depending on how old you are. So I don't know how that'll they'll go about everything. Obviously, a lot of that depends on how Joe Johnson does or if he actually signs for the team, therefore. But, yeah, well, uh, I think a lot of it, too, has to do with, like, people's individual relationship with the NBA. Like, yeah. when you talk to Nate Robinson about it, I sort of get the feeling that he feels a little uh, scorned by the NBA. Sure. And you sort of get that same thing with Reggie Evans and other guys. Uh, Glenn Davis, I know, sort of talked about that after Power 1 at the end of the year. He'd say, you know, I owe everything to the big three. I'm going to play here every summer. Uh, so I think it just depends on it, guys' individual standings with the NBA. Um, I mean, that. listen, that's great, too. You know, if you want to just be a big three guy and, and focus primarily on that, I think that's absolutely going to help the league. Uh, but guys like Joe Johnson, uh, I think it's only a good thing if he makes the league. I think it's bad for you and I just because it's a less <laughs> fun name to talk about. But for everybody else and for the league as a whole in the long run, I, I think this is fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think the good thing is that more and more players seem to be maybe more in shape nowadays uh maybe compared to back then and so maybe we're just seeing the first wave of really good players come through and that talent or the amount of players coming in will just only yeah. increase as as the big three continues so a lot of it hinges on joe johnson um you know i'm sure he's not afraid to be put on the spot or anything with the pressure on him we've clearly seen that game winners are just another average play in a game to Joe Johnson, so um, looking forward to see where he signs. But more importantly, looking forward to see him in the in the championship game. Would be cool to see him cap off a really good season, MVP season, and also triplets having their coach of the year and Lisa Leslie. This one is a pretty cool storyline as well. Uh, I mentioned it, I think, on Twitter about you know our last episode when we talked to Corey Maggette about the historic the historical milestones that the big three is making each year and that people honestly I think are kind of taking it for granted a little bit now so I know we don't try to look at gender when we're talking big three and 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 the coaches in here but it is pretty amazing to see you know Nancy Lieberman win 2018 coach of the year now Lisa Leslie another women's head coach in a professional professional men's basketball league win coach of the year again in 2019 essentially falling in the same footsteps Nancy Lieberman did in her rookie season I mean how where would you rank this like on the the scale of impactfulness for the big three and maybe just sports in general? I mean, I think it's huge. I think that it's proved that, you know, so what happened, right? Finally, you know, all these leagues talk about, oh, could a woman coach, could a woman play? Like I know the NFL, now the big thing is could Carly Lloyd be a kicker? Right. Um you know, so what happened? So the big three actually they didn't ask the question. They didn't say we're gonna get a female coach in there. They hired Nancy Lieberman and subsequently Lisa Leslie because they were the best people for the job, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. They went out there. They so and then to backtrack, so they announced them just like they would announce anybody else. Uh, then they went out there. Nancy Lieberman, obviously, crazy power season. She wins Coach of the Year. They announce it just like they would announce any other award. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was no. Not- uh, it's historical because instead of just talking about, oh, it'd be incredible, it'd be incredible, it'd be incredible, they actually they just did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's like that's a quality. That is progress. You know what I mean? Just let's stop talking about it. Let's actually do it. Yeah. Nobody and, like highlighted, emphasized that no. you know what situation they were in. It and, just kind of happened. And they've said that. And Ice Cuba says that. Amy Trask has said that. They said we never once refer to them as female coaches and i think right. katina mobley said that she said i never i don't look at her as a woman coach i look at her as my head coach and that yeah. is that's progress you know what i mean and and look what happened two female coaches 
one won a championship. The other is on her way to winning the championship. And you and I are still here. The big three didn't implode. <laughs> it didn't lose viewership, right? I don't think anyone is not watching the big three because they see a woman in a suit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's expanded. Uh, so, right, absolutely. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't see anything. I don't see any negatives about Nancy Lieberman or Lisa Leslie being women coaches. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, I, most, I negative, only... the most negative comment that I've seen is you don't need a coach in the big three, which we, we could go on for an hour about how that's 100% incorrect, but it has nothing to do about them being women. Yeah. So this is, absolutely. I think, a lesson for every other professional sports league in America is stop talking about it. And if you want to implement this, if you're truly about implementing this, then just do it. And nine times out of 10, if you just stop talking about it and stop creating a debate or whatever and mulling it over and just do it, people are going to go along with it. And people are going to realize, and you're going to realize it's not that, you know, it's not that crazy of a concept. Yeah. And I was actually, I was actually looking for something. I saw Amy Trask reply to one of the people that commented on your tweet about it. And I thought this was kind of cool. She said, uh, that's why she always says that as exciting as this is for two women head coach to win back-to-back coach of the years, it will be far more exciting when it no longer is a story. And that's essentially what the big three is trying to phase out, right? We're trying to phase out the, the storyline yep. of this being such a big deal because, it, you know, while it is a big deal, it clearly doesn't – gender has no effect on how anyone's playing At all. or how anybody's doing their job as a coach. And so um, I just thought that was a cool quote that kind of resonated with me and – I, you know, Amy Trask is another person who's kind of just trying to throw that 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 narrative that oh, women shouldn't be in this line of sports because they're a woman, you know. So right. I think the big three just continues to change the way we we see sports as a whole, men's professional sports maybe even, and we're just kind of looking at this now not as whether it's a men's sport or a women's sport, but it's just a sport that everyone can enjoy. Um, yeah. So. I thought that was really cool as well. And congrats to Lisa Leslie. She definitely deserved it. Um, just from what I saw, maybe what you saw as well, watching the games, you, you can really see she brings a lot to the table every time for triplets and it showed. Now they're seven. And oh, one. No doubt. She made the yeah. right adjustments. She, she put the right people in the right positions and they're going to the championship game. She's it's crazy that she's kind of following the same footsteps. Nancy Lieberman is right. They both went seven and one in their inaugural season. They both led teams that were that had the MVP of the league there, and if she caps it off the same way, it'll, it'll just be cool. Definitely a cool storyline to follow all season long, and Lisa Leslie definitely deserved Coach of the Year. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, you know, just for just for the simple fact too of just putting this team together, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, right. Like she just, was at the combine. Yeah. Just the fact that just drafting this de- this team, being a part of recruiting Joe Johnson and Al Jefferson and all these people, so you know, uh, she, you're right, 100 percent deserved. You know, I don't and think I'm, anybody will uh, argue. And I'm assuming that her and Joe had kind of they shared GM responsibilities. You know, when we're talking about yeah. the trade they made with Chris Johnson for Jamari Moon, um, I'm assuming that you know they probably talked about it, put a lot of thought into what they need to do, and. Just another move that really paid off throughout at the end of the season. Um, some other awards that were given out that we didn't mention well, actually, last time. Before we go were... on with that, I want to ask you a question. Okay, sure. So, because I have an answer to this, but I'll let you uh, give your answer. So, okay. obviously, Lisa Leslie, I don't think anybody is going to argue Coach of the Year. Who is your runner-up? Oh, who's my runner-up coach? Oh, yes. good question. So um, I've had a little bit of thought about this. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you want to say that the runner-up would be the second-best team, the, you know, the team that they're playing in the championship in Charles Oakley. And I right. think he's done a really, really good job. But I kind of, and I know this is a team that didn't make the playoffs, but I kind of, it's hard for me because they didn't, but I kind of do want to say Kenyon Martin maybe, I think, right. could be a runner-up for Coach of the Year. Well, and, you know, it has to do with he's a rookie head coach, okay? After a terrible season, you know, following up a perfect season, he helps the team rebound back to a 500 record on the berth and steps of a playoff appearance back in the playoffs. 
you know, had to do a lot of roster construction, really find his team when things weren't going well. And I think Kenyon Martin did a really good job, despite not making the playoffs, in terms of, you know, growth with the team, helping a team grow and improve. And if we're just talking about best improvement, it's got to be Trilogy. They had the best, you know, turnover ratio from win-loss record the prior season. So I, I kind of want to lean Kenyon Martin, you know, People might disagree with that just because they didn't make the playoffs, but I'm glad that you also had the same thought. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking either absolutely you want to say Charles Oakley was the runner-up, um, which, you know, you're probably right he is, but I I guess I more so just wanted to put the spotlight on Kenyon Martin a little bit too, just exactly yeah. like like you said, like that season, or excuse me, that team looked dead in the water by – week three and they were able to turn around and they were in there for the last week, uh, which unfortunately didn't go that way. Um, but, you know, I think that trilogy was probably going to reload again. You know, I think that Kenya Martin got the most out of James White, which was super important to turning their season around. Uh, you're talking about one of the better defensive players in the league. He kind of turned him into an offensive weapon for the first time really uh, in the big three. Uh, so that was really fun to watch. I think David Hawkins really came into his own in the middle of the season. Um, and I think I wish they would have gotten more out of Jason Terry. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, sure. But, no, yeah, absolutely. I think Kenya Martin's my number two as well. And, you know, when we talk about some of these awards, uh, these other awards that we want to kind of highlight a little bit that we didn't get to touch on last time. You know, Ricky Davis won the big three community of the year award for the second straight year. Yes. I think that's an underrated award. Absolutely. You know, it, it's, it's an award that he doesn't get the spotlight a lot for, but he's going to every city he goes to and helping the homeless with, you know, hunger issues going on. He's, he's providing a service everywhere he goes. And I think he just, I don't think he just does it in the big three. I think it's, you know, every day, you know, this is mm-hmm. an every day multiple times a week thing. So, you know, just shout out to Ricky Davis for not only just playing in this league, but trying to help it help lead the, the contributions that the big three can make. Um, I know obviously other people are trying to do their, their part as well, but Ricky Davis just consistently seems to be that guy that shows up and definitely deserves this award. Once again, I think it's going to be hard to top him for this award. And I think he takes pride in winning the award, you know, I think he does too. I mean, you have to uh, do have one hell of an effort to beat Ricky Davis at this point. Yeah, and he's doing that while leading his team in scoring, trying to lead them back to the playoffs since season one. And you know, I think they're one good piece away from having a playoff contending team once again in season four. Hopefully we get to see that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was uh... – Fulford, number one of that, I, I, I assume that Bibby and Boozer were going to be the same people that they were in seasons past, and I figured that was going to be a great team. Uh, Bibby just but, doesn't yeah. like to shoot anymore, does he? He Bibby just, just wants like to shoot, shoot fours. Yeah. <laughs> he just wants to shoot fours, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is cool. Know, but, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you know, whatever he feels is best for the team. Um, another, <laughs> so, so the, <laughs> the next two awards, okay, so Gary Payton won Trash Talker of the Year Award for the second straight season the three-headed monsters coach. You feel that he rightly deserved that one, or you feel like that's where we start seeing some controversy on awards? Yeah, so I asked Gilbert Arenas this, right? I was oh, like, okay. are you upset that... Uh... Yeah, he did. So I, oh. said, I was like, are you upset about Gary Payton? And he said, I voted for Gary Payton. He said, I'm, a, he's, I'm not a trash talker on the court. I'm only a trash talker on Instagram. <laughs> okay. So I mean... I can't really, I can't really argue that logic, you know. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, he is a bigger trash talker off the court, lets his game speak on the court. Okay, that makes perfect sense. I think it's cool that, you know, all the votes come from the peers and not, well, writers. I know that not everybody in the world's writing about the big three just yet, but I feel like I th- you and I should get a vote. <laughs> I would be down Let's for that. Put it I think out there. Be- I feel like you and I should get a vote. I would love to be part of the voting committee for something yeah. that'd be i would be very honored to do something like that yeah if there's a big three hall of fame you and i should definitely you and i should get <laughs> people to like knock on like their hotel bedroom oh like, congratulations have their jacket ready for them help, yes. helping them put them on <laughs> mm-hmm. 
It's the, oh, it's I would those, love that um, job. It's those jackets that they came out with this year. Where would the Big Three Hall of Fame be? Oh, those jackets? Yeah. We oh, that would those, be cool. Right? Yeah, I would love that. Where would the Big Three Hall of Fame be? Do you feel like it needs to be in Brooklyn since it's, the first game was there? I think it's going to be um, on the site. I think they're going to renovate the Oakland, the eventual Oakland, Rainer, Oakland Raiders abandoned practice facility. It's Ooh. going to become the new Big Three Hall of Fame. Oh, that would be really cool. Right? Yeah, let's let's see what happens. Like, I guess I would say like eight year, eight to ten years down the road, when maybe that's um, you start to think about those things. But that would be really cool because normally yeah, and, it takes five years to get this? to be a nominee. Okay, I'm ready for this. Yes, it's going to be the only Hall of Fame in America that has like a functional basketball court there, so you can just Ooh. go play pickup, right? With all Ooh, like, the plaques I'm there liking this idea. Oh yeah. Okay, this is a. These are great ideas. I hope someone's listening to these and taking just maybe a note. I know this is not something that maybe they're not focusing all their energy on right now, but these are some good note takers. John, yeah, put I, these down. I'll tell you, Will, guys, you have my number. You have my number, Will, guys. This, this is great. This is great stuff. Yeah. You should, not only should you be on the voting committee, maybe you should just be in that, you know, uh, consultant for some ideas. I think I should just, just work for the league at this point. This is your future. I mean, you're I essentially. Think it is. Are I, think I've been, them, right? I think I've been. I think I've been for this role. <laughs> I think you have. Um, and I, I would. I would agree that people would also like that idea. So, something to think about, Big Three. If anybody from there is listening, because these are these are cool ideas. Let's. Um, I also just want to touch on the fourth man of the year award, which is essentially the sixth man man of the year award, in the Big Three. So the winner of this was Nate Robinson. Do you feel like Nate Robinson was the guy you would have picked for this? I know all, every, all his peers did, but what? Do yeah, you I mean, think? I guess I guess I was just shocked because I guess I just don't really associate him as like a fourth man, you know? True. I mean, like, was he coming off the bench every game? He definitely was. Yeah, right? he was. He was. I, I, I mean, I yeah. I, I mean, I think that. every game I watched of Tri-State, he was never starting. It was always yeah, Stapp, right. Diawara, yeah, and Jason Richardson, which I thought Jason Richardson was going to be that guy. But Yeah, I, I guess, you know eight. what, now that you say that, yeah, you're right. You're right, because I feel like, actually, yeah, you're right. Because every time I turned on the TV and Tri-State was playing, I said, where's Nate Robinson? Yeah. And then he subbed well, it. What's so weird I, to I me is thought, that, yeah. well, he missed a couple games, right? Because he had the, right. the lacerated or fractured orbital bone in his face from one of the games. So, you know, we saw Will, Will Bynum, who missed a couple games as well, win the Too Hard to Guard Award. And we've talked a lot about the impact Mike Taylor had on Ghostballers. Would you have voted for Mike Taylor, or do you feel like you would have still voted for Nate? I mean, Somebody else. I probably would have voted for Mike Taylor. Um, and also, too, like, you know, yeah, I probably would have voted for Mike Taylor. Yeah, I think I would have too. Um, I don't know if that if the votes were close or it was just unanimous. I'm assuming they Greg were. Greg Oden close. a bench player? No, right? He's Greg Oden's a starter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of. I'm just trying to think of some other deep teams. Enemies. Mm. Mm. I probably wouldn't put up anyone out there. Aliens, maybe. Royce no. White. Wait. You could have made an. Argument. I'm sure he was in the running. Yeah. Trying to think. Andre Emmett was more of a starter this year, right? Right. Three Scott that, probably that... makes up their lineups a lot. Right, that's what I think is confusing me. Is that Andre you know, a lot of teams went starter and Robinson went to bench? Right. Well, yeah, yeah, some teams did really switch it up, their lineups up. So I guess Nate Robinson, if he, if we're talking full-time fourth man, Nate Robinson would definitely be one of the top candidates on there. And he did do some incredible things this year, despite Tri-State not making it back to the playoffs. He did, and I give him credit for coming back from that injury, too. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough injury to come back for yeah. sure. And, and other than that, I think those are all the awards. I would say there was only a couple that were controversial. We didn't get the and too hard the to year. guard. Yeah, too hard to guard was another controversial one. I, I you think you think so? I don't think it was controversial. You don't think so? You don't think no. that Joe would Joe would be at the top of that? You don't think it was fifty fifty on that? Well, I don't think they were going to give him everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, we also talked about that for the Newcomer of the Year award, and we felt like he deserved it. If someone's just deserving the awards, you know, but I know you want to. 
yeah, but like like we said, if someone deserves those awards, you can't take that away from them because they have too many. I mean, I guess, but I feel like Too Hard to Guard has like is basically like the person with the most highlights, and that's a hundred percent Will Bynum, like Maybe individual highlights. Yeah. Maybe it's more of two, like, Joe, like, people guard him, and the shots he makes, people just don't, like, they feel like they get a good contest on it, whereas... Right, I get that, yeah. When they're covering Will Bynum, they feel like he's just blown by them a lot more, not getting yeah. as many contested shots on him, so that could be it, too. I, I still like Will Bynum for too hard to guard, and I think he rightly, rightfully so deserved that, but we also got to see him, you know, in the playoffs for the fifth-place game. Didn't really watch much of the fifth place game. Bivlap did win fifty to thirty six. I just want to kind of move uh, move on towards these recaps from the first round of the playoffs in New Orleans. More so on the four teams that made the playoffs: Kwe Three's Power, Three Headed Monsters, Triplets. First, let's start with Kwe Threes, who their first time in the playoffs. Stack's been in the league for this is what his third year now. Always had always had Chauncey Billups missing and. Sometimes a couple other players as well. Now he's got a really healthy team, constructed the roster well, and they knock off defending champion Power in the first round. I will say, though, Power is very banged up, and they did not look very good in this game. Yeah, I mean, I think they're missing. I mean, they, they were 3-3 three and three since, uh, since losing um, Chris Anderson, right? And, and, then, uh, and then you lose uh, Coutinho Mobley. Uh, and I think that you really needed some kind of magic. Uh, and I just don't, you know, I just don't think it was in the cards this year. I yeah. think they got the injury bug a little bit too late within the season. Yeah, Anderson was a big loss. Maggetti struggled in this one, you know, when he's kind he of did. being more focused on as the the go-to guy. You know, Pardo was there, made some contributions. You obviously have Big Baby. But I think a lot of the more of the attention was on Maggetti, and I think Maggetti just kind of missed some of these shots. It's it's been a long season for Power. The fact that he, they even made the playoffs, as banged up as they were, still the only team to take down triplets. Yeah. Still, I still think a really good season, and I think they'll be back with a vengeance next year. As for Killer Threes, they they still look like the the deepest team, and it seems like it's really paying off for them. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like I feel like every time we talk about Killer Threes, we say that it's. You know, Steven Jackson is usually the number one scorer, but it's always someone different. Number two and number three. And this week it was Dante Green. I mean, yeah, he had yeah. 17, he had uh, 13 points, seven rebounds, two steals. That's all you need. That's all you really need from your uh, number two scorer in the big three, especially when you got guys like uh, Watson and Sessions behind you. You know, yeah. I I think every every game it's somebody different, and it's hard to prep for a team like that. Yeah, they just have, I mean, again, this week, three guys who scored in double digits. Jackson yep. and Green, 13 points. C.J. Watson, 12. Franklin Session had eight. I mean, everyone's just contributing. They never have this, just like, one big game from somebody. They really work well as a team. And I'm really excited for their matchup against our other winner in triplets, who we've mentioned have already made the championship game. Took down three-headed monsters 50-39. to 39. Really, just seemed like they were in control for most of the game. They, they there was a fight early on in that first half, but triplets really ran away within the second. Do you feel like Killer Threes could be the second team to take down triplets this this championship? Would you put money on it that they could they would beat them? Would I put money on it? Would you put money on Man. Killer Threes if the if the over under was let's say like let's just say like five. I don't think I would. No, you feel you feel like Triplets is gonna is gonna I feel serve, like serve them up as well. <laughs> here's the pause that I have. Right, okay. if Triplets Triplets don't need to do anything different to win this game, you know what I mean? Yeah, they just have to go out there and play the way that they consistently have all season, and they'll win. Killer threes need to have one hell of a game i'm not saying that that can't happen but i'm gonna bet on the team that uh which it has been playing at a championship level all season 
Yeah, I'm interested too because you know, Killer Threes they're they're big, and usually Dante Green is their big guy. Josh Powell occasionally as well, but I feel like they match up the best. And like I said, they're also the deepest team, so they have so many options to go out. You know, Stephen Jackson's going to get his. He's going to score more than you'd want him to. But there's just always someone you're not expecting. Like, I feel like we've seen really big games from all of Dante Green, C.J. Watson, Franklin Session. Remember, this team did it, too, without Steven Jackson. Won the first game, came back against Tri-State. Yep. So, just adding Steven Jackson was just another weapon. I still think Killer Threes would be a playoff team without Steven Jackson. I think they've been yeah, down I mean, the Yeah, the way that they were playing, especially in the beginning of the season, you know, I just think they're that good, you know. I just think they they their chemistry is great. They are so versatile throughout their throughout the roster, and they have they can you know they have small guys, they have big guys, they can match up with pretty much anybody. And I'm I'm hoping you know this is a tighter game, being the championship game than last year. You know where it felt like Power really took control of it early and just ran away with it. Mm-hmm. And I really do think that that could be possible this time around. I really do think these teams, two teams, are pretty evenly matched, and that Killer Threes could give Triplets a run for their money. I still think Triplets will come out on top, but I do feel like Killer Threes. This is probably going to be one of their hardest matchups of the whole whole season. Probably. I don't I, think I they've think the best... played yet either, have they? I don't think they have. No. Which it really is, like you said, it's a very good matchup. I mean, you probably have the best offensive team versus probably one of the top defensive teams. Yeah. And, and, you know, history does tell us that defense wins in those situations, but I don't know. That's, it's one hell of an offense you're going up against. Yeah. It's still, you know, triplets has really been running as of late with Joe, Alec Jefferson, Alan Anderson, Jamario moon, and then occasionally Gibson. Pargo hasn't played much. Gennaro Pargo hasn't played much in the past few weeks, whether it's because injury or they just like that lineup better. But, you know, they have two great scorers in Johnson and Jamario Moon, a big that can score, rebound, Al Jefferson. Alan Anderson kind of just can do a little bit of everything. A former killer three, which is kind of cool. I think that he could have been here either way, but. It's going to be interesting. This it's might the be the Allen Anderson revenge game. Yeah, this might be like our best championship game. I'm hope I'm hoping on that. I mean, last year was good just because of that little scuffle, but in terms of just play wise, this could be it. This could be the best one yet, just to cap off a great season. So I yeah, am yeah, I am looking bad. forward to that. This, this, well, you know what the best part about this is? What's that? I saw a graphic that the big three posted on Instagram that said uh, Johnson versus Jackson. Uh huh. And it and I think that this that that works well as uh, both the big three championship game and like an 18th century Supreme Court case. <laughs> I would have to agree with that. Yes, I feel yeah. like that's that's just money. It could it could work for either or. No. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's definitely something, like, I would open up my textbook and be like, all right, today we're going to learn about Johnson versus Jackson. <laughs> Your sports textbook, the history of basketball. Today we're learning yes. about Johnson versus Jackson, season three of uh-huh. the big three. This be 100 <laughs> yeah. years from now. This is going to be in which, school. Which, as you know, has replaced textbook. the NBA. <laughs> oh, man. Wouldn't that be no, crazy? That would be insane. Uh-huh. I would I would say I would say that they're one of the best complimentary leagues. We talked about it last week, but they have been the best, probably arguably the best complimentary league for their prospective sport since you know, maybe like NFL Europa or USFL. You know, those lasted for I mean a maybe, bit. but both those flamed out. I mean, no, I'm saying the best since then. You know, those oh, they both yeah. flamed I out, mean, but I would say like the big three. Yeah. I would say the big three is like on the verge of surpassing them. Obviously, they just got to put the time in, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, is this the first league really that we're going into season three and we can confidently say that there's no signs that this is slowing down at any point? Confidently, I would think so. I would yeah. like a hundred percent think so. I feel like every year, you know, and I wasn't alive for those those leagues for most of those leagues. But I would say that, that 
the level of skepticism that I've read about that they had throughout you know their their tenures. Yeah. I would say that confidently, yeah, going into season four and you know, honestly, probably looking at a season five as well. I know you're I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but like season five? Whoa, I'm whoa, just, whoa, what happened to season four? Well, I'm saying like confidently going into season four and looking ahead even to season five. Like I feel like it's that sustainable. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I'm already planning for like season six. <laughs> okay. Are you just one up in me at this point? Yeah. Oh, okay. 33. Okay. Oh, my gosh. That's going to be insane. That's going to be fantastic. Man, that's going to be insane. It's going to be, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be Leangelo Ball versus, uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Stop. Stop it. <laughs> versus, versus Ball Ball. Oh, stop it. Gosh. That, that's going to be, it's going to be insane. I'm, I'm interested to see, like, who is in the future will be interested in, in this league. For sure, because well, I feel gonna, like we're gonna have an episode about that, right? Yeah, it's gonna be the following the championship week. I, I tweeted yeah. that J.R. Smith, if anybody would be interested in him coming to the big three, people seem it like they would. Smith. They would welcome I mean, him with open arms. Like glove. Yeah, I feel like they welcome with open arms. I saw that he turned down a one point six million dollar deal to return to China. So, you know, I think he could he wants sign to stay with, in the states. Well, I think he could sign on with an NBA team for sure. But if he doesn't, you know, I feel like the big three are welcome. I don't think he is, welcome. personally. You don't think? What about Swaggy because P? You think he's a lock next year? I think Swaggy P's a lock. I think so, too, to be honest. <laughs> I hope I, he I, is. Cross I, my I fingers. Yeah, I mean, nothing official yet, obviously. But the way that he's talking about the big three, it's the same thing that Gilbert Arenas did last year. He yeah. would, like, comment under everything. Be like, oh, well, I love watching the big three. They'd be like, then play. He'd be like, ah. And then he played. Same thing. Yeah, well, what? He's watched, or he's won the Drew League, MV, or Drew League Championship. He's been on Catfish. Won a championship with Golden State. This is the next phase of life, bro. He was on Catfish? Yeah, I randomly saw that. I actually was he so, the co-host? So, yeah, so that's oh, usually Neve that. and Max on Catfish. Catfish. And then Max left Catfish. Catfish. And so they've been having random co-hosts in, and one of them was for one of them was Swaggy P. Nick Young. And That's he, he was awesome. hilarious. <laughs> he was, was hilarious. It? I have to watch yeah. that now. Um, Dude, Catfish is a top three show on television. Facts. I actually like that show way more than I should. The, I, the I fact that we're still getting catfish are that still blows my mind. How are we still getting catfish in this? Oh, day dude, I have no idea. I mean, seriously, just just Skype the guy. It's it's. I feel like most of the episodes I've watched. I, I lately I feel like is most of the time it's someone running their Instagram or Twitter account, whatever social media handle, and they find out that it wasn't that famous person or it wasn't that person. It was like their sister or brother or or assistant or yeah, something. Yeah, it's always someone they know. Those are the crazy ones. Yeah, yeah, those are the crazy ones. Um, so yeah, so I think Swaggy P is a luck as well, and I think he's going to make a great addition to the league. The other game that's also going on. It's the third place game, three headed monsters in power rematch of week nine at the big three ball out. That's a pretty pretty nice third place game. We saw last year what three headed monsters did. Mahmoud did. It's such like a good appetizer to the championship. Yeah, that's what I was like, thinking. We're, like we're like it's just such a good game to watch. It doesn't mean anything, you know. Yeah, it's like it's just great. It's, it's better than you know the opening gig. I feel like it's just more on the verge of its own thing, just playing beforehand. So that's gonna it's be like when I, you order a nice steak dinner. And the waiter comes yeah. out with breadsticks beforehand. You're like, don't mind if I do. You know? <laughs> and I feel like both these teams are going to be highly competitive. I'm sure both mm-hmm. teams are very frustrated that they're not in the championship, especially three headed monsters. You know, you have to think these are the two teams that have been in the playoffs every single year since the big three started. So especially for three headed monsters and Gary Payton and Mahmoud and Richard Lewis, you know, I know they were eager to get in the championship, but I know they're trying to finish the best they can at the end of every season because they're looking forward to next year. And hopefully that's another team I'd like to see to at least make the championship game because I feel like they they are definitely deserving of that as well. But No, they really are. I, I can't believe that they haven't been back since 2017. That blows my mind. Yeah, I I agree 100%. So I I actually just jumped into the preview a little bit after recapping everything, but that worked out well. I'm super excited for those championship games. 
So with that being said, let's do a big three mock draft. Taking yes. a couple weeks off from this. And we're tied like one, kinda, one We're tied one one. Exactly. So we're gonna do a little championship edition this week. We've really shortened the draft pool. And this time around we're gonna do big three mock draft with the category being big three players that have held up the Julius Irving trophy that have a ring from the big three. Obviously, we're in season three, so the only two teams we're going to be picking from today are undefeated 2017 Trilogy and last year's defending champion 2018 Power. I think this could be very interesting because there are some players that are not in this league anymore. We're obviously talking about their prime of their big three career, the best day we've seen them play. And this is going to be fun. I, I This is going to be fun, obviously, down the road when there's more seasons, but I, I like this idea. Just recap in the first couple seasons before we get into the championship. So, that being said, I'm coming off the latest win. Usually, it's the loser that picked first. Plus, we you picked first, I picked first last time. So, I feel like you should get first pick this time around to start us off, Will. Okay. So, 2017 I Trilogy, select. 2018 Power. My first pick, I'm going for strategy on this one, okay? Okay. I'm trying to build the best team, right? I'm not right. just trying to assemble the three best players. Right. So number one for me is Glenn Davis. Oh, no. I'm shook. Okay. I mm-hmm. like the Glenn Davis pick. But why Glenn Davis in round one? I think you will know immediately after my next pick. Okay. Well, I'm hoping to take that pick, and I'm hoping I can save my first pick now. Since you picked Glenn Davis, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Prime MVP Corey Maggette mm-hmm. because he's a bucket getter. Obviously, coming off a great season, coming off another great season, and I think with you picking Glenn Davis, you gave me some leverage on who I can maybe grab in round two, unless you grab him first. So I'll I'll throw it back to you there for your round two pick. All right, I am picking. Chris Anderson. Oh, no, he's going with the, the power, the power yeah. duo. Oh, that's money. Okay. I obviously know why five, you make baby. that because that's probably the most highly effective big rotate or big, big duo coupled together. Best one-two punch in the league. Yeah. We're trying to win. Yeah. Okay. Glenn Davis, Grant, Chris Anderson. Luckily, the guy I was thinking of still is on the board. I picked Corey Maggette round one. I'm picking Al Harrington round mm. two. Man, I wish Al Harrington was still playing. I know he's doing great in his business now, his cannabis yeah, business. Good for but, him, his cannabis. Yeah, but hey, I mean, he's doing. I mean, for him. Yeah, I mean, he, he's really he's really taking off yeah, of that thing. But I will you say, picked him a little high, huh? Andy? You think I picked? <laughs> 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 oh gosh. Oh, oh um, no! But one. Right, that one, Al Harrington. And even last year, one of the hardest guys to guard, he won a too hard to guard award. He you did. Know, the 2017 championship. Corey Maggette and Al Harrington, I got two bulls on my team to go get a bucket when I need it kind of guys. So you got two members of power. I got a member of power and trilogy. And you're going to round out your team. Are you going to round out your team with another big? I don't know if there's any bigs left. I think I'm going to pick. To finish this baby off, okay. I'm gonna pick. Oh man, I'm torn. <laughs> you have a couple of options that I really like, I especially with Tool. I have some great options. I just want, I just want to make sure there's enough mobility. You know Fair I mean? enough. Yeah, no. You have some great options still on the board. I actually like the condensed draft pool. There's still a lot of good options. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick Rashad McCants. I like the pick. Okay. Yeah. I really do. Um, I think that seamlessly would be a good fit, especially with those two bigs and the way McCants used to play for Trilogy. McCants yeah, I mean, was scary was, the year one. It's absolutely scary. He was the best team on uh, – he was the best player on that undefeated Trilogy team. Yeah, no doubt. Which, by the way, the, the thing that I love most about that team is that, like, obviously, like, like in, like, all of basketball, like – like we go back and we're like, oh well, the the Bill Russell's rings really count. Like who was he playing against? You know what I mean? Yeah. But that was in like the the sixties. 
We're right. talking about 2017. Yeah. Like two years ago. Look at the trilogy's <laughs> undefeated season really count. <laughs> they they, they were does, the team that put in the most effort. The no, most. They, they, they grinded out the best. They deserve that. You know what else I was just thinking? I'm kind of forgetting that Kenny Martin was like an option. Um, I don't think mm. I would have picked him anyways. That is interesting that he is technically an option in this draft pool. He However, is. I thought you were going to go for more chemistry. Instead, I'm going to take that chemistry. Actually, you know what is... Hmm. So I kind of paused there for a minute because I was really just thinking I was going to pick Coutinho Mobley for my third pick to put alongside Maggetti and Al Harrington. But I kind of, I think I'm going to put Quinn Richardson there. Um, obviously, I know Corey McGetty has good Quinn chemistry Richardson. with Richardson. Wait, I don't even know if he was there. Oh, he's won. A, he won a championship, so we can. This will work. Yeah, Quinn yeah, Richardson. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, Corey has a great relationship with both Cor or with both Coutinho, Coutinho, and Quinn Richardson. But you know, he's been friends with Q since the fourth grade, is what he told me. Um, I like the the presence of his shooting. Defending, good rebounder, and as much as I would love to have Katino there, this is about making the team fit, like you said. And Katino and Corey can play alongside each other, but I feel like they're usually a little bit better when they both can kind of just own the offense and one of them hits the bench and the other one's on the floor. Or I feel like Quinn Richardson can fit into that, that big three, let's just say if we didn't have any bench spots there. So I'm going to pick Q Richardson for my third to match to pair alongside with Corey McGetty and Al Harrington. And we'll see how people feel about that. <laughs> they might like your, your death lineup of, of Birdman and big baby. I That's mean, I, I think I should win the landslide if we're being <laughs> completely honest. What? Oh, really? Yeah. You're mm-hmm. dissing my team that bad. Yes. Oh, I think you're I'm surprised crazy. you didn't pick uh, Xavier Silas. I could have picked Xavier Silas, but I feel he like Q Rich. Win. People forget. Yeah, I, but I do feel like Q Rich fits that spot that I need to do a little bit more of the, <laughs> the dirtier work. That's fine, man. I just don't know who on that team is guarding Big Baby. Um, I guess, <laughs> I guess I didn't really think about the matchups posted. I was just thinking more about us as a team offensively, not so much defensively. Like are, I think are our teams playing each other in the championship? Or is it just the better team? Wait, what do you mean? Are they like playing each other? My the... team is my team playing your team? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, so my team wins in a landslide. I don't know if they win win in a landslide. I think you're giving too much credit to having those two bigs. Although they are great, don't get me wrong. They're I don't, feel like, I don't know if the, I, I don't, don't think feel like you're giving my guys enough credit on how good they are, though. You're, you're. I mean, your team's great. You know. It's it's they're they're they're, they're, they're good group of guys. They're so bad. They're they're a good group of teams. <laughs> guys. I feel like nice. you're really undermining them. I have, I'm just saying. The- I I personally, you know, I don't want to say that I'm I'm disappointed. I just think that I just think that you know. You honestly, didn't leave me with too many bigs. <laughs> My other big <laughs> to pick was Kenya Martin. I'm like I'm like the Knicks. I. I just took all the power forward. Yeah, all you did was <laughs> all the big guys. <laughs> like, there was nobody, even if I pick Kenyon Martin, I mean, it's still a mismatch. So why not pick somebody else who no, I, you're I right. like spread the floor a little bit? Is a good defender. I don't think he necessarily can guard Big Baby, but I think we have good defenders all around. He, he can guard McCants. Maybe McGetty takes on one of the big guys. Al Harrington takes on one of those big guys. You know, there are strategic ways to guard someone when you're little. Remember, Nate Robinson blocked Yao Ming one time. I know. I was, I was there when, uh, when Jared Dudley guarded uh, Joel Embiid in the playoffs. Are you? That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a great game. Mm-hmm. So, we, should, we should do a bonus draft of players who are only in the league for one season. Ooh, let's do that. Let's, let's do that next week when we, right. when we, um, when we conclude the season and start talking about players potentially in season four that, that would be a perfect segue into that mm-hmm. sure for now we'll post this one or i'll post this one on social media we'll decide who the winner is let's i'm going to post this one on instagram as well i don't do a lot of instagram posting but i feel like 
this will be fun to put on Instagram. We'll really get a big collective vote on who has the better lineup. If you kill me in a landslide, then I'll give you your props, and I won't. I won't try to argue why my team is competitive, but I'll just say, I'll just say that your team, your team, you picked the better team. So that's what a, what a backhanded thing to say to your team. We're competitive. <laughs> well, I think we're better than we. <laughs> I was at a backhanded thing. I feel like that's that a, is, a that's so backhanded. That's like when Odell was at the at the Browns training camp. He's like, they sent me here to die. <laughs> You're taking this out of context too much. You know, I'm getting compared I to like, Odell if, comments. If I, if I was on a, if I was on a basketball team and we're like, coach, how would you describe the team? And he was like, competitive. <laughs> probably i'd probably quit you feel like competitive is that undermining of a word you feel like it's a low blow i don't know if it's a positive now okay maybe we we think competitive as to you you, you say my team is way better than your team my team is way better than your team my team is gonna score on you we'll see all right my team is gonna score on you well (laughs) hypothetically they're gonna score on you and you're not gonna have an answer for it i don't care if you have defensive since that we're since that we're including teams from 2017 is the first to 50 or first to 60 no we would definitely do first to 50 <laughs> oh i don't know about that though is that determined i was mean that established ahead of time <laughs> i mean we're we're setting the rules so was that on uh, that piece of paper that you text that you texted me <laughs> i don't think it was i don't think it was okay fine we can make it 60 by the <laughs> way hey, that, that piece of paper which i wrote in that notebook was not originally mine and what? Yeah, really? so, well, so it's it's a work notebook, so it's just notes from previous salespeople. I work in sales, so okay. notes about... So you were writing your podcast notes. <laughs> it was a little slow at so the end someone, of the day. So someone's going to go through that one day and be like, what the heck is this? Well, <laughs> okay, well, if you... Killer that would not threes versus triplets. That would actually not be the weirdest thing you find in this in this notebook, to be honest. Oh, God. There are some, like, scary notes where I think someone was very... Very depressed working here. <laughs> I'm going to be what? honest. So I'm a little like scared what? for my future. Like okay. What? Okay. We're getting a little off track here, but I'll read you something. You have it? Of course I have it. I didn't, this sounded like something that you kept at your job. <laughs> well, I, I brought the notebook so I could look off of it. I'm not an oh, expert okay. here. I need help. Okay. I need, I need talking points, outlines. Oh, be- you know? believe me, I have. I have all the tabs open on my computer. I still didn't know Nate Robinson was a starter. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, Jesus great, Christ. great, great research Jesus, beforehand. Jesus Christ! Great research beforehand. Oh my god! <laughs> Here, here's something that I'm I can read. It's kind of chicken scratch, but I'll I'll try to read best I can. I'm having an I'm having a artist block. I don't know what to write. Don't want to kiss industry ass. Right. Drinks and spice. <laughs> I don't even know what industry this is because I'm definitely not working in the drink and spice one. <laughs> Make them buy drinks so they'll purchase my show in the club. What? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of fan fiction is this? Don't What's push that? me to get bigger, major something because all I need is love. Is this a song? <laughs> is someone... Oh my god. Maybe this is artist. This is the type of artist he was talking about, like musician artist. <laughs> He's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kiss that industry ass. Okay, here, here's another one. Sales tip for anybody. This is what we have. Hey, good. So if you went, please let us know. I, I can't. That's not a tip at all. One, <laughs> and explain what great they thing we have. So let me know. I feel like that one's pretty obvious. I want to try new things. That's that's again not a tip. I feel like they're just telling us <laughs> that they what they want. Anyways, it gets weirder. I'm glad I could share that with somebody because oh <laughs> I'm sharing God. it with everybody listening to this now. But this, this <laughs> yeah, I've been living with this. <laughs> Every day I, you get to work. Oh my God! Every day you get to work and there's new notes. Oh, that would be scary. Stop that. That's crazy. <laughs> Oh, stop that. Um, so I'm glad that everybody could share the notebook that I found. And I guess, I guess I'll just continue to write more outlines in it to see if any, any weirder notes pop up. I don't remember seeing those the first time I read through this. Regardless, they're in there now. And 
Well, why can't your company afford more than one notebook? Well, they can. They, (laughs) I told you, this was a previous sales guys. So I was just finding out information they wrote about other customers that they had. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. So they just had empty pages still, but I guess in the back of the notebook, they felt the need to vent, which I'm not against that. You know, vent any way you need to. Absolutely. Well, okay. Don't retract that statement. You can vent writing stuff down. Just put a big beep. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm just saying, maybe if you vent and you don't want those things to be read by other people, maybe just you know rip those pages out after. Maybe maybe talk to somebody. You know. Yeah. yeah, you could just talk to somebody. You don't even have to record it. Listen to the Fourth Man podcast. Listen know, to the Fourth Man podcast. You'll just hear out on here. <laughs> um. Anyways, this was fun. I'm excited for the championship. And I'm who very you, excited. Who are you? Okay, who are you going for? And who do you think will win? I'm assuming you think triplets will win. So who are you going for? Well, triplets. You're going for triplets. Yeah, I don't. I don't pick. I don't. <laughs> They're going against Lucas last time. Came out wrong. I'm gonna pick the person that I think's gonna win. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if you're rooting for somebody. I mean, I, I know mean, you're pretty. You know, I'm 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 not gonna be upset if Killer Threes wins. I think it'd be pretty cool. You to know, see even though even though this vendetta has been painted against me by uh, you and Lucas, that I mean, I'm all of a sudden a Killer Threes this? hater. I mean, you are a Killer know, Threes hater, enemies hater. I There'll be another team DMing me on Instagram. You know, oh, are you shocked now? <laughs> Lucas, you're the, you're the second best team in the league all season. <laughs> I was in shock from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, ju- I was just saying I liked other teams better. That's all. Yeah, like, like, I'm neutral. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say you you do a good job of being non-biased. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Triplets is going to win as well. I just think I would like to see Killer Threes win on Stack's behalf. But yeah, Joe, that that would just be a good story, you know. Yeah, Joe Johnson cap it off the season would be pretty cool too. Let me ask you one one more thing. I know that you you might have tweeted something. I kind of tweeted something, but I thought that maybe you could expand on it okay. about your favorite storyline throughout the season. Something Ooh. that that you like to watch that was kind of went under the radar a little bit, um, but you were kind of following from your own perspective. Who? That's a good question. I think my favorite storyline, so I know I, the tweet you're referring to is when I said uh, Frank Nitty and Steven Jackson, yeah, which, is, which was really cool because I remember Frank Nitty declared for uh, the draft. And I didn't really know who this guy was. And then Steven Jackson's like, oh, I'm going to pick him up as a captain. So I was like, oh, wow, all right, he must be legit. And it turns out that he's more than legit. He's probably one of the better young players in the league. Yeah. Um, I think... The storyline that I liked the most was, oh man, I just think that there's so many, you know, because... Well, let me give you a reference then, because yeah. one that I tweeted out, and maybe I can expand on a little bit. I think sure. it's pretty self-explanatory, but one that I tweeted out, I really enjoyed watching Greg Oden play again. Um, yes. I tweeted out, actually, okay. Greg yeah. Oden playing for Aliens, and Richard Lewis coming back from an Achilles injury. But I'll, I'll say that I did really enjoy seeing Greg Oden play really good basketball at a high level, injury-free. And I feel like he made himself a dominant force. I really hope that a lot of Aliens players, but also Greg Oden, come back next year. I mean, I guess Greg Oden will be on the market again, unless he's promoted to co-captain. But just seeing Greg Oden play the way we, the way that most of us thought he would in the NBA and, and the way that we know he can, was just kind of fun to watch. It made Aliens that much more intriguing to me, in my personal opinion. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what. I think I'll tell you my favorite storyline, but I feel like it's kind of like a cheap answer. Okay. I think my legitimate favorite storyline was watching how uh, increasingly aggressive everyone got towards Michael Rappaport each week. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like, I have a good story the, about that, the, but explain. By the last week, Brian Scalabrini literally looked into the camera on, na- on national television that was scary. and said... That Michael Rappaport, he's going to kill Michael Rappaport and bury him in a desert. In Dallas. I didn't even, I didn't even realize Dallas had that many deserts. I didn't know. I didn't realize either. Um, that that then, was scary. And then I saw today the video went viral of Michael Rappaport trying to talk to 
Oh gosh. Mobley and Katino Mobley just not answering. <laughs> that one was pretty scary too. I feel like Katino is not was not playing with him like, during he's the game. Joking, right? I feel like right? he just maybe goes up to him and be before the game or like maybe before the season. He's like, "Hey, just kind of be more aggressive than you would your normal answer." But maybe they're dead ass serious. Maybe they just like him off off camera. Maybe because uh-huh. like when I know when I went. Michael Rappaport was kind of, like, right by us. And, like, he was, like, having, like, a really good, like, conversation with, like, Amari Stoudemire. And you could tell, like, people were, like, coming up to him and stuff. So, I, I feel like it's all an act. But, oh, my God. Sometimes, like, the it's way hilarious. that they react. I, so, I funny story him. about that. I actually had a friend who turned into – who tuned into the big three playoffs last okay. week for the first time. <laughs> I get a text from him. And he said, are you watching the big three? And I was like, yeah, I'm watching the playoffs. Like, he said, uh, yeah, I'm watching the big see- three. <laughs> no, I didn't say it like that. But I, but his text, like, his next like, text what do you, was, "Who do you think I am?" <laughs> I'm. You don't think I'd be watching? I'm always watching. <laughs> I'm always of course watching. I'm watching, idiot. <laughs> no, um, he actually texted me and said, do you, "Did you see the player just berate <laughs> the reporter?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, that shit just happens every week. <laughs> yeah. That's just like a thing. And he said, yeah. I said, that's just, just welcome to the big three. There you go. Yeah. That's a great way to introduce you to the league because that just happened. That's just a normal thing on this segment, so on this funny. show. Um, yeah. Okay. So looking forward to the championship game. This was a super fun episode. I think next week will also be a really great episode. No guests this week just because we had a lot to break down. And next week won't be any different. Maybe we'll get someone on last minute. Maybe we can get one of the champions or something on if someone's willing to come on and talk about the Big Three Championship. Hey, I mean, but, you're a champion in my book. Wow, that was cheesy. But right? I, uh, you know what? Thank you guys for listening to the show. I'm sorry for Will's cheesy <laughs> to end it. Uh, if you're not yet, please go follow us on our socials at Big Three News at Fourth Man Pod. Subscribe if you can. Uh, five stars would be great. But if you feel like we're not worthy of that, then you know that's your that's your right to rate us whatever you'd like. Thank you guys for tuning in this episode and enjoy the championship game. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.